Hello, and welcome to the Occult Mama podcast. I am your host, Nick Good. And today I'll be talking to you about, well, kind of who I am. And, you know, Yule, because that's coming up real here, real soon here. And what divination actually is. So I'm your witch mama host, Nick. And today we'll discuss who I am as a practitioner, Yule, and what divination actually is. I think I just said that. The mundane info on me is that I'm 37 years old. My big three, if you are into astrology, is that I am a Gemini sun sign, a Cancer moon, and a Taurus ascending. I identify as queer and genderqueer. I have two boys, one that's 10 years old, the other that's three. My youngest I share with my twin flame, who I live with. I work a full-time job to make ends meet. I'm an empath, and what I mean by that is that I pick up on other people's emotions. I'm a spiritually sensitive type of person. I began the spiritual journey with what I was raised in, which is Christianity and Catholicism. There's a lot of uh, religious trauma that's associated with that, but that eventually led me to yoga and breathwork and the chakras, which turned into secular Buddhism, which moved into esoteric teachings and the occult. And that moved into witchcraft and divination, which has led me to tarot and astrology. So here's the basic breakdown of my current philosophy. So I don't ascribe to one particular philosophy or religion. In fact, I think that they all have small truths or half truths to them. I don't believe in a monotheistic God. That being said, I don't know what exactly is out there, but that there is something I don't believe in beating people over the head with religious beliefs. In fact, I have documentation to the effect declaring me an ordained Dudist priest. Now, for those of you who don't know what a Dudist priest is, it all stems back to the Big Lebowski, uh, the dude and his philosophies of basically live and let live and, you know, following your own ritual and going about your own path. I do believe that we all come from the same stuff, the same ether, the same energy, and that we are all equal beings and deserve to be treated equally, regardless of age, gender, creed, sexuality, or gender identity. And I do believe that I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. If you don't bash me for being me, I won't bash you for you being you. So, anyway, we're fast encroaching on Yule. The holiday that pagans celebrate this time of year, in case you're new to the Wheel of the Year and the occult, Yule is an ancient tradition that has roots in Germanic paganism. Um, to better illuminate what I mean, here's a direct quote from Wikipedia. Yule, also called Yule or Yol or Yolu, is a festival historically observed by Germanic peoples. So scholars have connected the original celebrations of Yule to the wild hunt the god Odin, and the pagan Anglo-Saxon Modranicht, uh, Mother's Night. Some present-day Christmas customs and traditions, such as the Yule Log, Yule Goat, Yule Boar, Yule Singing, and others may have connections to older pagan Yule traditions. Uh, cognates to Yule are still used in English, the Scandinavian language, as well as in Finnish and Esitanian. Estonian, ugh, sorry, to ascribe Christmas and other festivals occurring during the winter holiday season. Yule is the holiday that Christianity kind of appropriated for its celebration and thusly kind of 
pushed its baby Jesus propaganda on us here in the West in particular, but pretty much everywhere else too. What I find interesting is that according to astronomers, if Jesus were born the way the Bible described it, he would have been born in the middle of summer. Why appropriate a pagan holiday then? A power move. That's my theory anyways. So I have a new ritual that I want to try out this year. For one, I want to put together a vision board for 2023. This will be my first vision board ever, so I'm a little nervous about how that's going to work. So, from what I understand of a vision board, to get started, you need to reflect upon your goals. So you have to have some general or vague idea about what you want in life, what your goals are, what makes you happy. And then you need to think about the big questions. So you, before you start getting um, creative with your vision board, you spend some time thinking about general questions like, uh, what in your view is a good life? What makes a valuable or what makes life valuable or worth living? Sorry. When you are on your deathbed, what will you have hoped to have accomplished? So you break down the big questions. So to help you break down these big questions, which can be overwhelming, you break them down into smaller questions like, uh, what activities do you want to learn? And what kind of hobbies and activities you already do, but you want to continue doing or get better at? What are your career goals? What are your relationship goals? How do you want to be remembered by others? Like, do you want to write the next American novel? Like, what kind of thing do you want to be remembered for? And then you choose your theme. So based on the discoveries that you've made after completing the above steps, it's time for you to decide whether you want to focus on your vision, what your vision board to be. So don't feel as though you must limit yourself to creating just one vision board. You can actually do more than one if you wanted to. Me, I'm just doing one. Um, but then you decide on the format of your vision board, like exactly what you want to do. Like you can do a collage, you could draw it, you could, I mean, you have many different options here. You can throw stickers on there, whatever it is that, that you would feel works the best for you. But highly recommended are inspirational images for your vision board. So then you cut them all out and paste them on there and you put inspirational words on there and then put it in a place kind of where you'll see it, but maybe not every single day. And the idea of a vision board, once you get it all together, is that you can come back to it. You can uh, look at your vision board whenever you feel like you need inspiration. You come back to it and you look at the vision board and realize exactly what sort of things that you might need to do to, to focus in on, on the things that you want in life to become successful in one endeavor or another. But it sounds promising and there's a lot of science to it. Uh, a lot of different people have had a lot of success with those sorts of things. So it's something that I want to try. I also want to adapt the Yule Log idea of writing down manifestations that I want to bring into this reality and burning them. What kind of things do you like to do to celebrate the death of 2022 and the birth of 2023? I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email me with questions or a quick hello to let me know that I'm not just talking into the void. I'd be happy to hear from you either way. My email to reach me at is occultmamapodcast at gmail.com.
So on to the main topic. What is divination? Divination, by definition, is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. By supernatural means, it is a very vague description, though. So let me explain. So we as uh, witches or practitioners or light workers use different tools to commune with our higher selves, our ancestors, source, spirit, Gaia, um, our deities. We all have different things that we believe in. Personally, I connect to my higher self or spirit or my ancestors. Occasionally, I'll outright ask a deity that I'm working with a question, but if I were a god or goddess, I wouldn't want people constantly asking me questions to save. So I save their help for when I really need consultation from an expert. And that's me personally, though. So you do you. Before you do any kind of divination, though, you, at a minimum, need to ground yourself and cast a quick circle. This is to prevent interference. You don't necessarily have to go all out with candles and incense, although when I'm divining for myself or others at home, I do. So tools that you can use for divination, there's pendulums, pendulum boards or grids. So basically you hold the pendulum in your dominant hand by the last inch or two of the chain and you hold it above either your hand or the board and let it hover about half an inch above and ask the pendulum to show you yes, no, consulting, or I don't know. The pendulum will respond accordingly. Remember to ask the question directly to whomever you're attempting to communicate, though. Another means of divination is cardomancy or tarot, a 78-card deck that will give you point-blank answers. It does take tons of study to fully understand each card, so do not feel guilty that you don't know what each card means. I've been studying tarot for like six months, and I've just scratched the surface on all that a card can mean. To shout out, start out, don't do huge elaborate spreads. Just shuffle them with a clear mind, pull one a day, just one card. Jot it down on your calendar or a planner, what, what this card was and what it represents. When you look back on the cards that you pulled, the card will forever make more sense to you. For example, if you don't understand what it means now, you might look back on the card that you pulled and look at the things and circumstances that happened around that card, and then it will make better sense to you. But for those of you who might still be in the broom closet or in a situation where you feel unsafe to own a tarot deck, you can actually still manage to divine with playing cards. I have no experience with this, but it exists. And if you need a good book to refer to on tarot, I highly recommend Tarot for Yourself by Mary Kay Greer. Or if you're trying to find the deeper meaning behind each card, I recommend 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollock. I'm also a new student at Joe Tarot's Mystic Academy, the Tarot Mystics Academy, which, by the way, I love this class so far. He also hosts a YouTube channel full of tarot insights. I'll definitely link them in the description. So the third way is astrology. You can divine what will happen for either an individual or a company or a country based on when it was born into the world or what time it was born. Believe it or not, historically, it's pretty accurate. Now, I will say this for astrology. It's not as easy as your sign or the horoscope that you find in magazines. In fact, your astrological events are all plain as day if you know what you're looking at. There's a lot of learning to do, though, if you intend on divining through astrology. 
I'm learning this one still. It's just as in-depth subject as tarot. You could spend your whole life studying astrology and tarot and perhaps still not understand all the nuances. Nevertheless, this intrigues me to no end that you can determine what's going on by the transits that are happening in your chart. I've been learning the basics of astrology from attending that witch school ran by Danny. If you have an interest in being able to read your natal chart, you should join. She also hosts a beautiful loving community of witches on all different paths. Also, some books that are, were game changers for me were Astrology for Yourself by Demetra George or The Inner Sky by Stephen Forrest. I'll have those linked too. Another means of divination would be runes. Historically, the runes came from Norse mythology. They were said to be created by Odin while he was sacrificially tied to Yggdrasil by choice. The runes I find fascinating, because once you start looking for them, you, you can literally find them anywhere. You could be looking at a tree in your yard and suddenly see a rune in its branches. It's another fun way that the universe, your guides, can get the messages through to you. There are, I mean, really literally endless ways. There's numerology, there's um, dice, there's cards, there's uh pendulums all kinds of stuff like really little almost completely and 100 percent endless and you could look it up for yourself like it's on wikipedia totally should check it out there's a quote that i found by rachel pollock she's the one that wrote uh 78 degrees of wisdom it says the ancients could communicate with the gods in two ways. First, it was and is possible to go into a trance and visit the gods in their celestial retreats, as the great shamans have always done. More easily, and less dangerously, they could let the gods speak through code, that is, divination using dice, entrails, bird patterns, yarrow sticks, and cards. But divination has its practical uses. So, for example... Uh, one time, I consulted my tarot deck about what energy going to college would bring me, and I pulled the Five of Pentacles, and I knew that going to college right now looks like a lot of struggles. I don't know if you're too familiar with the tarot, but if you were to look at the Five of Pentacles, it's uh, they're basically beggars on the streets walking along an icy cold path. It's it's the card of struggle. It's a card of survival and the difficult kind in, in the practical world. So then I pulled a clarifier card, an oracle card that said, uh, look at the bigger picture. It was part of the Work Your Light Oracle deck, which is one of my favorite oracle decks. And that told me that there's something that I'm not taking into account. Obviously there's something that I'm not seeing about going to college that would involve a lot more than I thought, or that perhaps that I wanna go to college what I want to go to college for might actually not fit the big picture of what the divine had in mind for me. Or maybe it does, but that now it's not the time. So a disclaimer or a side note here. So whenever you pull a tarot card about the future, the important thing to take away from the card is that it's a lesson, not a warning. Yeah, I got a resolute, not a great idea from Spirit about going to college as an adult, holding down a full-time job, taking care of two boys, and a fiancé who at the present can ten, cannot work. I failed to take into account that the time and effort it would take to keep grades up and all of that while I already have a dozen balls in the air that I'm already juggling, it, it's not a good idea. 
But that car didn't mean that I'm destined to suffer and experience suffering for the rest of my life. Look at the cards as lessons, and you'll sooner realize that they're simply trying to aid you in your quest for this life. I could have easily just went through college and enrolled anyway, but I wouldn't have learned the lesson that was staring me in the face. I'd have to learn the lesson the hard way, through life experience. Also, when you pull the card, you might not understand it right away. So this goes with any other kind of divination too. You can look through the book and still not really get it, but that's okay. Write it down though. Journaling your pulls and divination work of any kind will only help you in your quest to better understand what the card is trying to tell you, or whatever means you're using to divine. To continue with the example that I had before, I didn't get it when I first pulled the Five of Pentacles about going to college. I was dumbfounded. This was not the answer that I was expecting. I wanted to hear, oh yeah, everything's going to be a-okay if you go to college. That's what spirit has in mind for me, but that's not what it was. As I sat with this information for a while, I slowly began to understand what the cards meant. And this can happen for you too, but just remember to write it down. That's the hot take there. So, who can practice divination? We all can. If anyone ever tells you that you cannot practice divination, that you cannot do tarot, that you cannot commune with the gods, that you cannot speak to spirit, they are an outright fraud and you need to not talk to them anymore. Either an outright fraud or a noob. But either way, don't listen to them. Believe it or not, we are all constantly divining things from the universe. It could be in a quote you read, a YouTube episode you watched, it could be a conversation you had with your partner. It could be a dream you had, a song on the radio. Have you ever had a song that followed you? And it didn't matter what radio station you listened to or what playlist you were listening to, it just popped up. <laughs> Have you ever had a ran song randomly pop up in your head that you haven't heard in years, but is somehow relevant to what you're experiencing? So I'm currently being followed by two different songs about doors and knocking. There's Let Them In, which was a Paul McCartney song. And then there's Can You Hear Me Knockin', which was the uh, Rolling Stones. So lately, the universe has been speaking to me in door euphemisms. <laughs> I don't quite get it, but maybe eventually I will. But even when you see repeating numbers like 333 or 888 or 1111, these are all messages from your guides. Those in particular are numerology numbers. You can look into those. There's even like life numbers and you can calculate exactly what your life number is. It's crazy in depth. But if you ever feel like going down that rabbit hole, there are plenty of books about it. Anyway, what I mean to say is even if you don't get it right away, that message is still there for you. And it doesn't matter if you don't understand it right away. The universe will find a way to let you know what you're, they're trying to tell you. So, I guess to end off this, this podcast, this episode, what I'll do is I'll go ahead and pull a tarot card for you guys. And the one I'm pulling from is actually a brand new deck. Sorry. Which I don't recommend, but I managed to forget my other deck, my White Newman deck at home. And this one happened to be a new arrival that I got in the mail. Since I didn't have a Toth deck, I was super excited to try it out. Got my Toth deck. 
Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Especially since it's a new deck. Low on them. Because that cleanses your deck, believe it or not. So what I'm going to ask you to do here is take a deep breath. Exhale. Feel yourself connecting to spirit. Now is the time to think about what it is that you would like to hear, what you would like to understand. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to go ahead and pull a card. See if I get any jumpers. You got the Six of Swords. So the Six of Swords. <clears throat> the key words, it says moving on, departure, leaving behind, distance, accepting lessons. This is Labyrinthos, by the way. Uh, the meaning of the Six of Swords is that you are experiencing a transition of some kind, but one that is not met not happy and filled with regret this transition will most likely be the result of decisions you've made in the past but now they're forcing you to leave something behind in order to move forward despite your sadness you need to remember that moving on is the ideal option for your future this is actually the perfect card for the new year because of yule uh, that's a whole segment of letting go and moving into the next year, moving into the new year, and, and letting go that which does not serve you, and moving into the new year with new goals and new ideas. So this card actually really fits, and I'm glad we pulled it, and I'm glad that this was the experience for you. Anyway, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to say hello, or if you would like me to read a tarot card for you on the podcast if you have a question that um, I'll mind you I'll keep your anonymity and I'll probably answer you in person if it's something that's more sensitive but you can always send me an email at occultmamapodcast.com or at gmail sorry occultmamapodcast at gmail.com and feel free to get a hold of me and if I mean, you guys, you're awesome. And you do you. Take care of yourselves out there.